You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Hey folks, this is Morrison from the Couch Brotatoes. And we need to let you know firsthand that this is a graphic show that isn't for everyone. So please go in with a little bit of discretion, and if you don't like it, fuck off. The only motive was to completely control a person and uh, keep them with me as long as possible. They are a product of the times that you have left us behind. I have killed people for nothing. Just for somebody to look at me wrong, I would kill them. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. And I felt like I really offered society something. And you're going to get your asses nuked in the end. And pretty soon it's coming. 2019, a rock's supposed to hit you anyhow. You're all going to get nuked. Are you mad? Do you feel like... And I'm telling you, because cops let me keep killing them, Nick. Don't you get it? We will kill again. This podcast loves Norm McDonald. <laughs> well, as you heard from the intro, this is going to be a special edition of the podcast. It's that murder show. It's Halloween season, y'all. It's fucking October. Ooh, y'all spooky. already two, two of y'all been, been celebrating without me talking about horror kaiju movies. And damn it, it's time for me to talk about the shit I know. Yeah. I know fucking uh, true crime documentaries, motherfucker. Let's talk about that I shit. I know the I pure do. monsters of this world. Right. I know about the real monsters. Y'all like this fantasy land bullshit. It's too <laughs> real with these uh, I like it all I do too I, like I know all. I know I just gotta I'll have throw some it fun here. meat grinder I don't give a shit look I've been gone for a few weeks I gotta come in guns a blazing what the fuck yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm all archi- jacked up on weed and coffee motherfuckers let's do this <laughs> you're gonna love our, our second to last episode of Kaji I know that <laughs> I know I still gotta get to editing those I've been running around doing bullshit man let's see we, I was, somebody was talking about this I forget who it was about how we consume true crime just anything like it's mm-hmm. nothing these days just cause it's so like ever present whether yeah, it's on Netflix or we don't have like active serial killers running around from bus stop to bus stop slaughtering people. That's true. They're kind of a thing of the past. Now yeah. it's you know now it's, it's all wife killers and, and mass shooters and things yeah, like that. That's it. But that's it. No, <laughs> that's no, all it no, is. No, no guys with true substance. That's, not like with t- a, not, that, not have like a uh, like an itch right. that needs to be scratched. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, poor little Johnny got bullied in the cafeteria, so he went clack clack in the goddamn math department. I don't give a fuck about that kid. That's, I want the guy who was beaten as a child. Who really is into clowns and has a big crawl space? <laughs> and it's that thing where, we, yeah, <laughs> has been anyone on John Wayne, Wayne Gacy that's been out? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, there's a new one out on John Wayne Gacy. Uh, it's like a five part series. Oh, really? It's really good because uh, there was a whole joke. Uh, it's not really a joke. I think it's funny though. They're like, oh no, he 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 wasn't. Sh- he couldn't have put all them bodies down there. It's like he had so much other space. No, he didn't. It was the fifties. It's gonna look weird as fuck no matter what decade it is. Driving out to the middle of bumfuck nowhere, burying a small body. Right. It was like Wisconsin or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, it's uh, where uh, uh Where Dahmer's from too, right? Yeah, uh, what was her name? Uh the lady that ran for president. Um Oh shit. Uh not back when uh, Donald Trump was running. Oh Sarah Bachman. Sarah She's gotcha. like I'm from the hometown of John Wayne. And they're like, No, bitch, that's John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> that's the hometown of John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of bullshit apparently comes out of um Wisconsin because yeah. I'm Mantuak. Was uh, home at the Stephen Avery trial. Yeah. At this point, I just think he did it. Really? I could give zero. There could be zero evidence. He probably didn't even do it. I'm just tired of hearing about it. Just lock him the fuck up. I really don't care. I was going to say. Okay. Well, I was going to say. So, I'm not well up. I'm not read up on Stephen Avery. So y'all know more about this than I do. Yeah. So I, honestly, I attribute Stephen Avery and making a murderer to being 
part of the reason true crime is so I don't know prevalent these days or or so talked about it feels like that was the first case in a long time that really captivated folks and it didn't help the fact it came up on you know one of the biggest streaming platforms ever netflix that's that's what that's what i think changed the genre to begin with Mm -hmm. and that was in 2015 is when season one came out before this i grew up watching cold case files with my dad yeah or watching unsolved mysteries when i was little you know there was always true crime but when the streaming platforms were able to produce their own thing uh, because hbo did the same thing with their documentaries uh, but hbo documentaries are very substance driven there's a lot to take away from Mm -hmm. hbo doc and i'm not saying it's it's a better or lesser quality but netflix is like was the next step up they are fucking drug dealer when it comes to fucking true crime they're like oh did you like steven avery did you know and then it's like richard ramirez lives in a hotel in brooklyn somewhere (laughs) (laughs) motherfuckers then it's ted bundy movies and then it's fucking uh we got a Dahmer series that's coming out next year and the last great like documentary i saw on hbo just about crime was mm-hmm. probably the story of the grim sleeper i haven't watched that yet but i like um, the uh the ice man yeah the, uh, the ice man tapes there. yeah ice but man the only difference in the ice man tapes was he wasn't a serial killer in the sense that he liked doing it he considered it like well yeah i gotta go to work you know? yeah like, he was an assassin yeah like he, he treated it like a mcdonald's employee fuck i gotta go to work today but he kind of <sighs> but he kind of rode that line between you know just it being his job and him actually getting a little bit of pleasure out of it too yeah because he would just kill, you know, just as look at you, quickest looking at you too, you know, yeah. working for the mob and all that. <laughs> and the thing is, is I think the Stephen Avery case was primed for it actually being a really good documentary because part of the documentary isn't even it discussing what happened with uh, the death of Teresa Hallbuck, the victim. It starts out by showing that he was falsely convicted in '85 of sexual assault. Yeah. And as soon as he was able to be released, so he was convicted in 85. He wasn't released until 2003. Oh, wow. And that's what started off the whole documentary was them discussing how he was wrongly convicted for so long over a sexual misconduct over a woman on a beach that he had nothing to do with. He had all the alibis in the world, but the police detective did not like the Averys. The Averys kind of had a name around town. They weren't willing to listen to anything. They were just happy that they got an Avery, small town thinking, and just locked him away. And it took forever for them to finally get him exonerated. And it was a interesting turn of events that as soon as he was about to sue the county for misconduct, the lawyer that he had at the time was trying to get multitudes of millions of dollars out of the city. Within a couple weeks later, Teresa Hallbuck dies and all eyes are on Stephen Avery. So, so I feel like it was a prime targeted thing for it to be a good documentary because not only was there the intrigue of the murder mystery, but there were so many other extenuating circumstances that led up to this. And then you pile on all the other evidence on top of it. And it really does just seem like another corrupt court court situation where almost as if the murder is secondary to it actually being more of a documentary on how the justice system works and how corrupt the police system could possibly be if he actually is innocent. That's why I like uh, rewatching the wire because it kind of delves on like similar subject matter. Mm -hmm. Now, 
probably dive into the making a murderer series now you know with all that in mind too oh but, yeah uh, and the best way to describe it i see i feel like season one does a really good job laying everything out for you season two almost goes into it mythbuster style okay they kind of do a little bit better like drawing out exact timelines season one's a little bit jumbled season two they kind of almost show you a graph okay like the stuff timeline so you can actually visualize it and then this fucking ace fucking attorney they've got right now i I forget her name i was hoping it was going to be on the little one page i had up here but it wasn't um kathleen zellner that was her name she is like fucking boss like yeah, it's she's, she's the go-to like if you're innocent on death row like she's the right. go-to oh yeah like she she has a completely clean track record with every one of her cases so far every single person she's gotten she's either proven that they actually were guilty and made a statement on such or was able to get them exonerated That's she it's basically she does the thing of if you're guilty you don't want me i will find out she's like but if you're innocent I will get you out. Genuinely that kind one of, of the thing. good guys. Oh, yeah. So th- she takes She's like stage. a diametrically opposite of Nancy Grace. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a perfect way to describe This it. motherfucker doesn't smile at the Easter Bunny. You know what he is? He's a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So season two just goes into a little bit of her backstory, what she's doing. And they go Mythbusters on this shit. They go, okay. Well, they're trying to say blood splatter came across like this let's get the top forensics investigators i have in my back pocket let's grab the fucking uh, let's grab an exact rav4 exactly like Teresa had let's take it out in this fucking warehouse and let's replicate the results so it is the wire (laughs) yeah and so they go full mythbusters on this shit they bloody up a fucking um like human body like look alike and they try tossing it in there like a good like 10 15 20 times trying to get the blood to splatter the same way all this other shit putting blood on their hand and you know doing certain actions that they said he did oh they go like hardcore in depth with it but spoiler alert motherfucker's still in jail yeah and and it's yeah. and it's crazy and the worst part about it i know you don't really care about steven avery's part himself and you know as much as I've been gushing about it, you know, I probably do agree with you, Chris, where it's like, I really don't care at this point if he did it or not. The part that bugs me, and I feel like you'll agree with me on this, is the Brendan Dassey part. I was going to bring that up, actually. Uh, so That's it's, the part that still really upsets me, this, honestly. This, this, this mimics H- an HBO doc when it gets to that part. We all know the West Memphis Three. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you know the, the parts of it. I've the, seen the first two. Okay. I don't know if you know the, the actual fucked up, like true fucked up part of this is. Which part? All three boys <laughs> are convicted because one of them is slow. Yeah. Let's target the slow kid. He's going to make I'm make him turn. I'm going to put words mm-hmm. in his mouth. And guess what? I can put them both in jail, clear a case. All on this dude's yeah. testimony. No muss, no fuss. Mm-hmm. Brendan Dassey mirror of what happened in Arkansas because they're like let's get the freaks and put them in jail because they make us uncomfortable it's not even just the freaks it's like I can make a slow person say whatever the fuck I want yeah and and it's like and I don't care who watches this stuff that that is a tactic it is of a police of the police force police and you know how I feel about the motherfucking police. <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't even tell just by the way you described them. To I, sound, I sound like a right-wing conservative to a lot of people, but I am an anarcho-socialist when it comes to the cops. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a game, and they have one job, put people away. 
That's what the cops are. They're a gang who put people away. Whether they're guilty or not is not their purview. They're supposed to find evidence, find a suspect, and let the judicial system take course. Yeah. But under that purview, they don't care really about guilt or innocence. It's about numbers, and it's a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Still a business. Yeah, it it is a business. Uh, Speaking of a fucked up business, uh, shout out to Florida for uh, giving cops all that money and for getting to raise the dispatcher pay. I saw that. Who make as much as McDonald's employees. Woo! (laughs) Woo! But, but, but the crazy That's thing, the sound of them not coming to your house. <laughs> so no, I, uh, I, I've not seen the. Uh, I, I know a lot about the West Memphis stuff, but I, I don't think I've actually sat down and watched the documentaries. Uh, but the thing is, is like the thing that really irked me about Brendan's case, and some of the documentary doesn't even go over it, mainly because it's kind of it would honestly bore the traditional viewer, but. When you pay attention to the statement that the cops made Brendan right, mm-hmm. he says to his mom when he's in jail a few times, I read it in a book. Well, when you actually go and look at the curriculum and find the book that he's discussing, it mirrors a lot of yeah. what his testimony was. So he was actually writing out what he was fantasizing in his head mixed with clear on tape, tape non-edited, and there's even full like two-hour, three-hour versions of it on YouTube. I've mm-hmm. double-checked it. They did not do bullshit editing. The cop is literally telling him, okay, in this photo, draw the change going up to the bed and shit like that. The cop is literally telling him what to draw. And then a few hours later, motherfuckers get on TV showing off the drawing saying, Brendan confessed to everything Stephen did. Look at this, that, and the other, yada, yada, yada. And then the trial starts. So they've already tampered with public opinion before the trial even starts. So you can't even have a good jury because they've already been tainted by the news. So it's just an entire fucked up thing, and it it drew me in big time. So in the same as the West Memphis Three, Jesse Miss Kelly, he's the odd man out. Yeah, he's the friend of the other two. Now, I see making of a murder ending if the cops in the city want to save face, they will end it the same way the West Memphis Three ended. Offer them an Alfred plea of guilty and let them on their way. Because and explain what that is. An Alfred plea is created in North Carolina. It basically is the most laziest version of saying, I'm guilty, but I'm not fucking guilty. I'm going to take the guilt. I'm going to, I'm going to let you prime me guilty so we can shut this shit down. Okay, so it's like on their record, but they don't serve time yes. anymore? Yes. Uh, it's, it's basically just kind of going, fine, I did it. Are you all happy? Right. All right. So, yeah, and then with, with the misnomer of saying, I didn't do this, but I'm going to take the hit anyway. Yeah. So you'll shut the fuck I, up. Because you've tortured me in a fucking prison cell. I don't want out. Yeah. Uh, I've watched plenty, plenty of docs about guys who were on death row for years at a time who are now, who are not guilty, but are still like, just fucking kill me already. I'm not using my appeals. Fucking murder me. Because if it make this, this is what you want. You want me to suffer and you want me to stay in prison for something I didn't do. So just fucking kill me 
and let's just get it over with because obviously you have a bloodlust that needs to be filled. And it just cycles back to what you were saying earlier yeah. about it's a numbers game. They just, they got the number, and if they get rid of that person, then they have to get rid of that number. Yeah. So and that's like, another tick on their system. Oh, not only did we not get the guy, we got the wrong guy for how many years? Same as uh, police getting quotes for like how many people they have to pull over per month or whatever. Yeah, a quota. Yeah. Uh, but for this, for something like this, you know, he's a threat to the status quo of that small little shit town. Mm-hmm. All right. He is bringing forth a case that the town failed. And I don't think people really gauge that when thinking about what a trial really is. It's you against the town. That's what a trial is. It's the people Chris versus Moore, yeah, whoever. The people, the mm-hmm. people of this area versus Chris Moore's and Cap. You know, that's what that is. And if they fail... It is a blemish on the town because the prosecutor you hired, and keep in mind, these people are hired, did a shit job at what they did. They did a shit job on follow-through, and that's why I think small towns shouldn't be allowed to try people. I think you go to the nearest goddamn city and throw it in that court with an unbiased group of people who don't live in Hickville, USA. Especially in like a town like West Memphis, Because Arkansas. we grew up here in it shit. And man, to what fucking man. Because yeah. dude, oh my god. The, the quick quick side note, but not to break up your tangent, but dude, when I was on the road with Tuck recently, uh, they did a show in um, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And we had to drive out a little bit to the hotel. And it totally didn't dawn on me that we were in Wisconsin until like, the next day. And when I pulled up Google Maps, dude, we were 20 minutes from the fucking salvage yard. Yeah. And yeah, you to, to cycle, well, not only that, but to cycle back to exactly what you were saying, Chris, dude, I 100% agree with you, especially being around that area. Like we stopped at a, like an IHOP or a Denny's or something the next morning. And like everyone there, it's like, I got like big time Gaffney, South Carolina vibes. And it's like, and I know what those kind of people are and man, it may be controversial, but I agree with you, dude. I, I do not think Small people t- of that caliber need yeah. to be in charge of people's lives like uh, that. I'd agree with that too. See, like, a small town is no different from a church you go to. Yeah. Very like-minded on some things. And the more people you get in there, the more differences show. And it's not, it's not saying we can't overcome those differences or that small town can. But I would strongly put my money on they would want to kill it. Because yeah. it's something else. Now, they talk about Stephen Avery in that show like being sub-fucking-human because his family are like that. Yeah. It's because his family is like super poor and basically live on a salvage junkyard. Yeah, same as uh, the whites of West Virginia. Yeah. They are fucking subspecies to some of those people because they bring a blemish on those people. They make everyone think, oh, they they represent us. We don't mm-hmm. want that. Especially since they have notoriety and yeah. things like that, too. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm 50-50 on the death penalty. You really have to be a fucking monster to be put down. And I mean, I need physical evidence. I need co- collaboration. I need a survivor. Yeah. To prove that you need to be put down, because you do. Because you, if you want to do that, you're an animal. Yeah. And you want to be killed. For this case, you don't even have physical fucking evidence, man. Yeah. You have the word, and I'm going to say this, and you might not like it. A retarded fella against the word of a competent man. He, yeah. might, he might look stupid, but he's not stupid. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what he's it's, doing. it's like everyone in that family, their IQ isn't skyrocketing. Yeah, so it's but, like everyone's working behind the eight ball to a point, but the man is still able to live his life and run a business and do his yeah. daily functions. He's a functioning adult. 
<laughs> yeah, and we all know somebody that's outside the grid. Of course. Um, who does? Who's not going to? Who's not going to be down with with the fucking city? The guy who doesn't go to the company picnic. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. kind of fellow. Um, and but to summarily say that he killed and maimed a woman, and do that on the word of a misguided man child yeah child okay no matter what age he will be he will always be a child mm-hmm. yeah because of capacity is reprehensible in my book you know for a town for a local government no we haven't done this kind of shit on mass since probably 1948 where we just automatically throw guilt at the person on the outside of the tent you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. so it bothers me that they're allowed to continue this kind of thing, but the only way to stop it, and you know, you got to vote these motherfuckers out. You got to you got to bring it change. And I'm not saying like integrate, you know, differences into your society. You know, gated communities exist for a reason. Uh, <laughs> You're going off of the bed now, tangent here, Chris. <laughs> like but but I, I would not be surprised. If they give him an Alfred plea mm-hmm. just to sweep it under the fucking rug. Yeah. Like West Memphis, Arkansas. And the thing is, is like. God's blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we've discussed West Memphis, West Memphis 3. We've discussed, you know, the Stephen Avery trial. And it's like, you know, you know, at what point do we also go, well, this also happens so much. Why do we only hear about these certain cases? You know, I guarantee you there's other Stephen Avery's out there. You know, them, there there have mm-hmm. been other, you know, metalhead kids that have been, you know, put in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, we're oh, still yeah, the, probably the, dealing with shit. It goes back to uh, the 80s satanic panic. Mm-hmm. And we can thank people like Jerry Fowell for that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> I, I hope he was molested as a child. I really do. <laughs> I really do. This was staying a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> I was just saying, I hope he was molested. <laughs> I genuinely hope that. But yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure, you know, or at least to kind of mention that is like, you know, we, we do talk about this stuff, but it's mainly because it's put in front of our fucking yeah. faces. And it you is know? one of the biggest crime docs in the last probably five, six years. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Tiger King's kind of like came out of That's nowhere part with two. that too. Shout out to well, them. Uh, so I was going to maybe wait until a little later. I didn't want like immediately kick off with that would we consider that a true crime documentary it is not true crime in the sense that um making of a murderer because mm-hmm. that came up when i just typed a, in true crime on yes. my laptop it was like tiger king tiger season king two is a look at a world we're not familiar with and we probably never would be right the exotic animal trade yes. and all that because um, it's very real rounded on some of the looks steven avery is criminal Beats the system, the system backhands this motherfucker back to hell. That is the story. That is the story of Stephen Avery. As fucked up as it is, you're right. Yeah. And that will be imprinted on his prison made gravestone. This motherfucker looked at us and he blinked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Tiger King, though, is conspiracy after conspiracy. Uh, it involves hate on a whole new level where that there's this bitch carol baskin <laughs> yeah like <laughs> and a whole world of words like, like flustered you just by saying that the, the, i watched this in a day because my sister said hey did you hear about the tiger guy 
on the Netflix. And <laughs> the Tiger Guy on, on the Netflix. So I pull up Netflix and I'm like, the Netflix. what is this dumpster fire that I'm watching? Because I couldn't stop watching. No, like nobody everyone could. everyone else in America, I had to know what this gay country singer who owned a tiger farm had to say. That didn't actually sing on his shit. Yeah. And the first, then I realized that about episode two, I realized what I was watching. I was watching an excerpt from a last week tonight with Jamie Oliver, or, uh, uh, John Oliver. That's Jamie when I first, Oliver. John Oliver. That's when I first heard of the Tiger King because he was running for president. Yeah, in, in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, he was a gay redneck from Oklahoma running for president, and I'm just like. Great opener, by the way. <laughs> I hate paying taxes. I am a homosexual and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, hell yeah, man. Good luck. I'd vote for you twice. <laughs> but, you know, I, that's when I first heard about it. And that was years ago. And then this comes on. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I love how your microphone stand even gave you, like, a musical right. cue. <laughs> and then. <laughs> just start playing offbeat dubs. Like, boom, 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 to make everyone uncomfortable when they're, like, looking at a single wide. On a, on a curiosity. <laughs> They always do that. And I was telling him about it. He was watching that stupid fucking thing about the devil. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. they, they zoom in on this shitty double wide and they start playing. <laughs> Just to make it look like our double watch the devil. Like, like this is where the evil lives. Yes. Got a, in a fucking half acre lot with a fucking double wide and a fucking low deck porch. So these people were evil. No, they were fucking rednecks. <laughs> they were poor. <laughs> But like, yeah, <laughs> the worst evil, yeah. the pores, <laughs> the pores. Yes, that the story of Stephen Avery, uh, the poreies. <laughs> well, well the, the crazy thing about Tiger King, I've actually not made it all the way through. We were watching some of it in West Virginia. That's as far as I got. That's all you need to do. Yeah, you watch what episode you're done. That's but all, the crazy that, thing was is. I never went there, but I asked mom about it later because they were showing like this wildlife thing in like Myrtle Beach. I've been there. She had too. Every, every kid in North and South Carolina has been there. And that's what was killing me. I was like, and I, I showed her like the place. I was like, did you ever go there? She goes, oh my God, yeah, we, we've driven by it a bunch. I think I went there once before. And I was like, oh shit. So I was like, it's in this Tiger King documentary. She's like, I watched it. It's like, I haven't yet. Yeah. <laughs> but watch it. It is a multifaceted story. Yeah, because there's so many sidebars and like, ex- and like, there's like, it's almost a, like a TV show with all these characters, you know. Yeah. But it's also like a VH1 basically. He's a snake. What's the deal with all these tigers? No husband for you. That bitch, Carol Baskins. All right, no, that'd be Kramer. Kramer. I want to see that movie now. Kramer playing the fucking Tiger King. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, dude, Nick Cage was going to play him in a movie. Oh, my God. Nick Cage was going to be the Tiger King and they canceled it. And, I would have uh, watched that. Oh, yeah. I would have. Fuck you. That would be oh, the one Nick that Cage. That would have been the one thing I watched. Yeah, that would have been the one Nick Cage movie I went to a theater and saw. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. Twice. We would have all went there yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, but like look, a what, mystery science theater kind of deal with it. It also goes like down the path of behind the music. Like, yeah, there was a kid that died... One's a homosexual. One may have killed their husband. Like it is a behind the music of some band, some obscure band that we've already heard of twice. Yeah. But that's how it plays out. These obscure lives that involve a murder, 
trafficking of animals, conspiracy, but uh, uh, polyamorous relationships. Yeah, in Myrtle Beach and Myrtle Beach, <laughs> Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. Yes, that 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 would be played at his funeral. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. But like, but with him singing it. But not just that, but like him lip syncing it. Yes. <laughs> but the large celebrity that they believe they have. All right. So like. This is how much I forget about this shit. I don't even remember the dude's name. Yeah, really. The I Tiger can't King's th- name. I can't either. I don't even Hang fucking on. know. You know what? I, I don't, don't care. either. I only remember Carol Baskin because yeah. that turned into a fucking meme for a minute. But that was the conspiracy. All right. So that was the great thing about the documentary. It drives home a conspiracy. And they don't hit you with that until like episode two or three. Yeah. Man, how, yeah. do we, how do we forget the name Joe Exotic? Yeah. Joe Exotic. God damn. Yeah. How do we forget that? He's in prison and he's locked away forever. That's <laughs> He'll be the Stephen Avery of Myrtle Beach. But no, I will, I will say that's how they did pretty good on that documentary. Like the first episode or two, it makes it really seem like it's mainly about the tigers and like, you know, bad trades yeah. and, you know, all this shit. And then, and then like episode two or three, they hit you with the. I heard Carol Baskins killed her husband. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how I love how self-aware the documentary becomes because if you watch Carol Baskins in that show, uh, and it is a show, a documentary is a very loose way to say it. Yeah. But it is an entertainment documentary. And, and every the, time they, the highest form every too. time they film Carol Baskins, she's with an animal behind a cage. And then and there's an excerpt of her saying, I can't believe he keeps these animals in cages. And I'm just like, bravo, because you were able to troll this bitch into a corner. So <laughs> it's like, just just move her into a corner of her own bullshit. She and has like the textbook definition of delusional. And then, she's, then he says, oh, yeah, Doc Anton. I can remember that name because it's so fucking stupid. Uh, in Myrtle Beach, he's sleeping with all these women. He's They're all working for nothing. It's probably a cult. Meanwhile, she has this weird bright wing tear system like a fucking pyramid scheme to work for her where you <laughs> slave 12 hour days six days a week with her before you get your yellow badge which is some <laughs> weird mental kung fu that she's doing on these fucking cultists <laughs> like it's it's just i'm helping the animals they're still in cages bitch <laughs> like within a certain amount of time if you got rid of yours you would have made more success at <laughs> doing your fucking thesis <laughs> Like, your mantra of your stupid little cult is to stop putting animals in cages, but you keep putting animals in cages. <laughs> because you don't realize that it's a fucking tiger that will yeah. eat you. <laughs> I, I'm rescuing tigers. No the fuck you're not. Stop breeding tigers, one, and let the species just die out because of <laughs> us. Yeah. Okay? You're not saving animals. Let's, let's you're not, enslaving a species. Let's not have a, the last tigers on Earth being fucking Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I don't want to wake up one morning and, and, and like when I'm 50 and be like, hey, we finally did it. We predated the fucking tiger. Now it's an ant. Now it's a pet. Like Russia did with foxes. Like... <laughs> Because that's what fox. That's what Russia did. A little fun fact of the day: Russia's predated foxes, and what predated means is it keep, uh, uh, genetically changes an animal through generation and generation of breeding into where it's a dog. Okay, <laughs> that's what they did with yep. foxes, and that's what she wants to do with tigers. That's the conspiracy. And I bet her husband said, "You're a dumb bitch," and he she killed that motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> and she threw him in the tiger cage. <laughs> That's that. That's what Carol Baskins did, and Joe Exotic probably did it with three other boys we didn't even know existed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Chris Morrison review of Tiger King. You bring up a good point about how these uh, true crimes. How they're all murderers. <laughs> <laughs> 
about how they're all like uh, you know TV shows at this point. Yeah, like, they're fucking caricatures of the human conspiracy. They really are. Because <laughs> I watched this uh, doc recently. We've all watched this doc recently on the uh, the Pazuzu story. On yeah, the fucking, North Carolina uh, motherfucker. On uh, it's on Hulu for guys that haven't uh, watched it yet. It's through Vice, and it's all about uh, this guy in Winston Salem, North Carolina, who sp- started essentially a fucking Satanist cult. Yeah, but just killed yeah. motherfuckers and was just a late, just was just a nasty, just you know grimy redneck. He's and a, that was his whole thing. He's a Winston Salem Ed Gein. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, is that where he was, Winston Salem? Yeah, right above Winston Salem. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but like the whole like uh, that's just like one part of the story. And then it gets in these sidebar characters where like uh, yeah, everybody that was involved that knew. Right. Like, what the fuck is this about? Like, tell me more about the black lady who lost her son. And, and fuck, fuck yeah, really. Vice. That just kind of gloss over that. And yeah. fuck Vice for trying to tell me they kept showing pictures of a little boy. And she said, they made him smoke a cigarette, and then they blew his brains out over a bridge. I'm like, they killed a child and made him smoke a cigarette? No, no, no. He's a grown-ass man. And they didn't show his fucking adult picture. No. They just they do not at any point say this was an adult man they killed. <laughs> no. They, I'm just assuming they killed an eight-year-old. Yeah. It's more about, like, the... the, the, the <laughs> this I mentioned that to him like we were watching. I'm like, did they kill a fucking kid? And, like, the cops just gloss over that shit? No, let's cut to this I, fucking uh, uh, couple that's doing heroin with the, with the girls, you know, like, tricking herself out for drug money. Why the fuck I'm do I s- care about these heroin addicts? These little scum... <laughs> these little, like, scum... Punks were running around on a moped trying so, to get the welfare. Like, I don't care about these people. These are some motherfuckers we'd see at the Snug Harbor on a fucking Tuesday night. If I was <laughs> you drunk- literally do at one point. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing that really got me. So it's like, I had. I had heard of the name Pazuzu living yeah. in North Carolina. I'd never really done much digging into it. And a couple months ago, that thing came on Vice. So I watched like the first episode or two. And I was like, oh my God. And I told Cap, I was like, you've got to fucking watch this thing. It's still and, a compelling story, even though we're kind of shitting on it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I told him about it. I was like, you've got to watch this shit. I remember hearing about it forever ago. And they've now got a documentary on Vice. It's fucking great. And I was telling him, I was like, man, I said, this one dude, I said, it's the bald headed dude with like all the music gear around him that they keep showing a dot documentary. I said, he looks familiar. I said, but I said, I definitely don't know his name. I said, his name doesn't sound familiar. I said, his band doesn't sound familiar, but he just, he looks like one of those motherfuckers that would hang out at like the Milestone or Snug Harbor or some shit. No fucking lie. Like an episode or two later, it shows him standing outside Snug Harbor in Charlotte, North Carolina, burning himself with fucking cigarettes. And I'm like, okay, yep, I probably have seen this motherfucker out and about because he was with another guy we knew uh, from another band at the time, just kind of hanging out. So I was like, fuck. This, this <laughs> is the fuck yeah guy at the Murder Junkies concert. <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but no and, and that's the thing too is like it's that's why maybe that documentary kind of really compelled me and pulled me in well, it's local we don't get a lot of it hits home in a way yeah because there's like so many like you see the archetype of those people five minutes down the road in plaza yeah. midwood so it's like there's like so much of almost like a weird home feeling watching it and and again and especially with the amount of traveling i've done it's very and especially flying it's weird. North Carolina does have specific foliage. Yes, mm-hmm. they really do. But there's not. They don't have these kind of people in Tennessee. That's for sure. It, well, not, I'm not saying people. I said foliage. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know if that was like a term for something. Yeah, it's a term <laughs> like for like actual trees. Fo- like av- actual foliage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a term for trees and bushes and okay. the stuff that grows. But Flowers no. and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nature, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, no. North Carolina just has like certain trees and foliage and stuff. So it's like even when you're watching it the streets and the trees and the buildings have a certain familiarity to it. And it's just, it's very weird watching it. And especially the story of the dude, like killing motherfuckers, leaving them in their, in his basement. And like, 
the family knew I and know like it. weird shit like that it's like what yeah like the whole little burn pit he had out back yeah and, and the bodies were buried out back very shitty very very terribly by the way and I mean, the the house mm-hmm. the house the house just being a a junkyard the squat house it was a squat it was a crust punk squat house and the only good house was the mom's house. I was going to say, well, they talked to the mom at the end of it, and she's just kind of still trapped in her own little fantasy of like you know, how her uh, child did, uh, was still like a good person I on the inside. I like the mom knew. Yeah. The mom knew, but no, she, she was... Knew. St- she, just didn't, she just didn't give a shit. No. She was like, something was just gone with it, because she was like sitting... What, uh, what am I to do? I don't know. Burn the house down with him? What am I <laughs> to do? My son is killing people? I mean... Yeah. I don't know that that's I've watched so many of those things and one of my other favorite things to do and it kind of works for this episode uh there's a bunch of YouTube series of um confession tapes yeah and and there's this one guy uh that'll like start kind of showing part of the tape and then pause it and then go okay so his reaction here in his body language a traditional person that actually is innocent would have actually responded a lot closer to this here's six examples <laughs> and then we'll like show a whole bunch of he's like so by judging the way he's responding and the way his eyes are doing in this that and the other this is one of the more clear signs that he is probably guilty in this which is what's leading the cops to further pressure yeah him for questions yada 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 i just find that kind of stuff so fascinating so like even when they were going through talking about side stories and shit i don't know i think that's kind of still captivates me because it's like look at what the lives around him still have to deal with oh yeah it's very grounded that way too. yeah including the mom you know yeah. and it's like see and, and due to so much psychological bullshit he put them through to the point where the mom probably is a little fucked i would be surprised if he didn't even drug her at some point you know just to even kind of get her on that point of not caring yeah. i think my favorite character in that whole series though was the detective because he was like that uh, he was almost like a tv show detective oh he's my just, god like, yeah the right. guy that had the home office and shit oh, oh yeah. yeah he was awesome he's like typing his reports with us with a cigar and a fucking like glass of whiskey he's just like my god <laughs> i know i love that character he was I great like uh, the narrator you didn't like most narrators on shit what was the it was the detective though right yeah it was the bearded fellow with the family yeah i didn't like that one you didn't like him no oh you didn't like it the detective guy no the way he just came across was kind of douchey like all he had to been like hey i found this story and this is how far i'm going to go with it but there's some problems with it but then it came into this whole like i'm fighting the good fight blah 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 blah. well i'm doing actual well well, yeah he's doing actual police detective work i think the reason i was fine with it is he actually did have a personal motive behind it because his own son started getting into drugs and shit like that and hanging out with people yeah. like Pazuzu would have hung out with yeah. or like his crew kind of resembled. So I don't know. I kind of saw his story as like a, yeah, he did get pretty fucking involved with it. But at the same time, I don't know, like if my little sister started yeah. kind of doing that kind of shit and there was a case that I was closely tied to, I, I, I might kind of take it on yeah. as strong as he did too. And it comes back to that point about how, uh, this, this series and others of its ilk just kind of focus on these other characters. Like we're focusing more on the, uh, you know, the detective and his family as opposed to Bazuzu himself. And that's that's the problem I have with the Vice ones. Yeah, so a lot of time, and that's that goes with a lot of stuff Vice does. They they trail off. Yeah, very quick. Like I didn't need to know the life story of the two junkies. No, but, there but, was no reason to talk to those folks except for maybe five minutes. 
And that should have been the only part of the story we should have heard from him. Because nothing comes out of their end of the story, like, really. What the fuck did I learn? Oh, he wrecked a car and left it on 77? Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> an old girl's fucking trucking herself out yeah, for like, fucking meth? I mean... Yeah, and like try to get food stamps. Like, I don't need to know this. This isn't pertinent to ca- the story. Calling her mom, lying to her, yeah, like, getting this, all shit. This, like, isn't, this isn't pertinent to the story of the alleged Satanist killing people and Yeah, can we get back to that story? You know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was the captivating bit. Yeah. <laughs> And it is a very interesting story, mm-hmm. especially on the local end. Yeah. But there are other local stories like uh, The Staircase, which is a very popular murder that happened in North Carolina. So what was that one? Uh, it was an author, a very prominent uh, crime author, uh, um, who allegedly killed his wife by pushing her down the stairs. His other wife uh, died falling down the stairs. Um you could argue that he just likes clumsy women, uh, but <laughs> that 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 is the story. And it was a very like it's it's a very drawn out documentary on Netflix. Um, but you see very quickly that this guy most likely did murder his wife. I pushed her down the fucking stairs. The staircase. I think yeah. my, I think my favorite uh, Netflix series was. Uh Wild, wild country. Oh my god, I love. I don't cultists. think I saw that one. I oh, love the cult. The cult ones are great. Right, so let me, let me let me. I'm gonna play the devil's advocate on this one because I was with them. I was like, you do point. your fucking thing until about episode four. And I was just like, <laughs> Cause the whole dude, thing- dude, they bought, they, they did. Well, tell, well, let's explain what the cult actually yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Start cult the is, a, is, a, is a microcosm of probably like Hinduism, Taoism, and Buddhism. Okay. All right. It's the best of every world. You right, know? right, right. All right. You know, we're going to pray. We're going to get laid every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do what we want when we want. We're not going to hurt anyone. Yeah, we're like, going to be good people. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of stuff yeah. from Christianity, Islam, no Judaism, government, none you of know. that. But hippy dippy bullshit yeah. that we all would have seen in the sixties, seventies. Here's the turn, though. <laughs> if you've heard of uh, what are they called? Uh, um, Shurikyo? No, 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 no. Uh, the Shuri people at the airports back in the day. You would see in the movie Airplane. Have you ever seen the movie Airplane? Yes. There was a dude with the beads, you know, jumping <laughs> oh, up and down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That guy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Except uh, this one, they didn't do that shit. They did have a uniform. Right. They wore the colors orange, pink, and burgundy. Right. Yeah. And they wore beads. And they had a central figure, Osho. It was this bearded fella who said, to a point where we can make heaven on earth. There's no reason that we have to die to live in heaven. And, and apparently heaven on earth was in middle of nowhere, Oregon. Well, that was a great part. This, that, that's why I loved it. Because they went to a redneck part of Oregon. And people don't understand this. Oregon is a forest, except when you start walking east. <laughs> then it turns into the high des- the northern desert that connects to Idaho. The potato state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So there is a large desert there. Um they bought some land from a rancher legally. They immigrated here legally. They started a religion, which is tax-free exempt. And you know what they did with that little patch of desert? They turned it into a fucking oasis because people in their cult were city planners, yeah, uh, town associates. You know, that's like from all over the world, all too. Over, all over United fucking states. And they brought all these people here, built a cult, built a bunch of A-frame houses. It built a little like a town almost a, a small town. Yes, the small town of uh, what was it? Oh shit! Hang on, let me Google that. Uh, it's so. Yeah, uh, but they built a small town yeah. out of nothing, something that people would strive for in the United States. Like, hey, I took this patch of land. There's grass. There's trees. There's rivers. There's animals. There's this, and now it's livable. 
I've turned a pay, uh, a small place into nothing. The yeah. Rajneesh, it was a uh, Rajneesh, Rajneeshpuram, uh, probably pronouncing that wrong yeah. like a motherfucker. Rajneeshpuram. Uh, yeah, Rajneeshpuram uh, community in Wasco County, Oregon. Yeah. So they took this little this little patch of land and turned it into a livable patch of land. I'm with them 100%. They're practicing their religion. They're keeping to them fucking selves. They're doing their thing. And then the rednecks showed up, started taking pop shots at them from the hills. Okay. Because so, they're different. Because they're different. Okay. Now, a common response to that is call the motherfucking police, but some of them are the fucking police. Mm-hmm. Another problem with the police. Uh, <laughs> so they did what me, me and mine would do if someone started taking pop shots at us. We'd get guns too. Mm. Except uh, the leader of this cult, and it is a cult, uh, is not Osho himself. He's still in India mm-hmm. doing his thing. It's his second in command, Ma Anan Sheila. This, yeah, I this fucking old gal. love this psycho because <laughs> she is a textbook American by any means standard, with a thick Indian accent. With a sh- oh, sh- sharp, sharp Indian accent, but she don't take no shit neither. No, she doesn't. <laughs> All right, she is not one of these lay down fucking Hindus who's going to take shit from anybody. Right. She bought some guns, mm-hmm. and then they started walking around with guns, and she. Has the lady teach him how to shoot? Blah blah blah. One thing leads to another, and she builds a bioterrorist attack on Shakey's Pizza. And they also, they- I know, I know. There's a little bit missing in context, <laughs> but but it goes from getting shot at by rednecks to ex- basically buying a whole county and going to war with the guy that made Nike. <laughs> yeah, basically. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, when we were talking about local stuff, and uh, since this is going to be kind of a you know this is Halloween themed or you know yep. done during Halloween time, figure I'd think of one of the more gruesome ones I could think of. See, is was this a local one? it's something vague in my head. I don't remember it being a documentary of any sort, Mm. but I remember it being big news. A super Christian woman terrified that her child was possessed by the devil. And essentially the way to free him, she cut him from basically like neck to ass. I don't know. They basically gutted the motherfucker. And that was the only way that she was going to be able to free his soul. That's pretty fucking metal. (laughs) (laughs) That is like a cannibal corpse cover. I was going to say, but no, I don't know the, uh, this story in particular. Yeah. No, I I can't think of it right off. And I know if I Google that, I'm going to get on a fucking watch list. So I've I've known two murderers in my life. God damn. All right. (laughs) So let's get real. Then motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, I'll say the name of the first one. Cause fuck him. Okay. Because um, the second one can be argued. <laughs> um, I went to high school with this man. His name was Andrew Ramsor. He came mm-hmm. from a decent family. His brothers and sisters are decent, good Christian people, to the extent of where I say that. Yeah. He put an old man and a woman of three on their knees in a gas station and executed them. With no uh, no remorse, no remorse whatsoever, uh, possibly to steal. So, capital murder in the commitment of another crime is a capital offense. Yeah, Um, and he's on death row as death row sits now, which is basically life in prison. Yeah, I'm a year away from this motherfucker in life. Wow. And so what you're saying is you're a year away from killing? No, I'm a year away. From- <laughs> <laughs> I'm a year younger than this man. Yeah, and I knew this person like I know y'all. That's insane. And he killed someone after he left high school. He dropped out. Decided that 
he wanted to kill someone, rob a gas station. I don't know his motives. I don't care. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but going to this. No, I don't think Captain Arco sit here and go, but, but Chris, you know, <laughs> but everyone see, has a bad day. But that, it, that became my like walk on the whole. Should the death penalty exist or not? I believe it should exist. Mm. I believe we should be very, very conservative on how we use it. Yeah, he's dead to rights. Mm-hmm. He's on camera killing these people. He looks directly at the fucking camera when he leaves. <laughs> he is not trying to get away. See, he, he, it wasn't even like, so he, he, he robbed a store, killed two people. And I guess, and I'm just saying this as I guess, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. came to the realization, they know what I look like. We'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. I don't I know if he had a sense. death wish. I don't know if he decided, fuck it. I wanted to kill some people. Yeah. I can't say whether or not, but he did the act. His feelings are now far apart from the act. I don't care. Just another way to show that none of us are going to be serial killers or something like that. Yeah. At the table. I'm sitting here going, I'm like, well, fucker, if you're going to actually do yeah, it, like, yeah, what is this? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. But he, he did this crime. And it, it, some people, I don't know if you listen to this, if you're from my neck of the woods, would probably know who the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. But it was a big deal because because mm-hmm. it, it happened my senior year of high school, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, I can't believe he did that." Blah blah blah, and it came down to it divided some people. Well, maybe he was going through some shit, and a lot of people were like, "Motherfucker, he wasn't going through a goddamn thing." Yeah, and then it was like, "I've been through some shit, I'm but like, I've also not thought about going down to my Seven Eleven and offing some but, folks." But like, <laughs> but it is someone you know, so that yeah. is that can conflict on what you think uh, the proper punishment should be. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you think, like especially people like kids, you know, like if my kid does something bad, I'm gonna punish him this way. But that little motherfucker over there, I'm gonna drown him in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it affects your severity of punishment Mm -hmm, in my mm -hmm. mind and what i said at school at the time was he should be strapped to the electric chair and thrown off a bridge like (laughs) that's how he should go out i don't think many people would disagree with you put him on his knees and shoot him in the back of the head like he did those people i don't care yeah something yeah however the second one i knew Mm -hmm. um it was involving a woman who was shot in the head in a hotel put in a car and dropped in a county over mm. and he was involved. Mm-hmm. He passed away while in holding. Right. He had a heart attack and died most likely. Okay. Um, now the severity of the crime still exists. You know, yeah. it's one person you actively tried to move the victim from the crime scene to another venue. Mm-hmm. And I think, and the only problem with this one is I don't know enough Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the person he was with was a child molester. <laughs> All right. Well, it almost falls under that category of he you are who you you he, hang out with. Right. So like, uh, this was a woman that got shot in the head. Yeah, yeah. And moved. Uh, presumably, it was probably a drug deal gone bad. But they tried to hide the evidence by moving the body to a place that's more likely known for crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he died. And it hit me and a buddy of mine kind of hard. Okay. Especially my other buddy because he was good friends with the guy. Yeah. It is it is a shocking thing mm-hmm. to hear. Like, it's like hearing, like, someone we know killed someone. Yeah. Like, like if Davy Dirt, don't take the notes, Davy. <laughs> but it's like if Dirt. Easy Davy. If Dirt, Davy had just went into a 7-Eleven and got pissed they were out of Chiquitos and started shooting up the place. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, it, and like your idea was, what the fuck was he thinking? Oh, a lot it. of emotions are going to come in through. And then it's like, and then when you find out 
that, oh, hey, he was very callous about this, he or she mm-hmm. were very callous about this, then you have to decide where your allegiances lie to punishment or a very liberal look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 like, I see that a lot when I watch these documentaries, um, especially one, The Staircase. Because the family, his sons, are very casual with him throughout mm-hmm. the documentary. Like, oh, no, my dad's innocent, even though there is a shit ton of physical evidence. Their mom died by falling down a fucking staircase. If I had a wife that died falling down the fucking stairs by accident, my next house would be level as shit. Yeah, no shit. There wouldn't even be a step up to the goddamn door. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Everything would be ramped. I would make sure my next wife would be a fucking acrobat and not some <laughs> clumsy bitch. Okay? That's that's how I would see it. That would be my goal is not to make anyone trip ever again. Mm-hmm. My mom was the same way when I was growing up about people choking because she yeah. lost someone who choked to death in front of her. So yeah. guess what? All our food better be chewed to fuck up. Like, <laughs> and you know what? Well, see, and here's the thing. It, since we're talking about true crime docs, and you know, they always like going into you know the psychologicalness of it, which we did also, <laughs> which we also did on that murder show, the few episodes we did. I think it really does come down to the way people process stuff, yeah. and I even see a similarity between that and alcoholism. So, like for instance, with me, um, when I was 21, I was never a big like. Um, I would drink some beer every so often. I'd drink some whiskey, but it's like I never did like vodka and tequila. I wasn't a big, you know, grain whiskey kind of, or just or uh, alcohol. Liquor. Yeah, hard liquor kind of guy. Well, for my 21st birthday, motherfuckers were pumping me full of um, Jaeger. And I had a horrible experience. I never touched it again. Or I've known motherfuckers that have put themselves in the hospital multiple times due to alcohol Yet they're like, eh, I mean, I've just got to watch what I'm doing. You know, so it's just, I think it's just the way people's brains are wired. You know, your your mom seemed to have had a semi-level head on her, and that's why she was like, okay, yeah, uh, motherfuckers chew your food. <laughs> you know, and that's why you would be like, hey, my ex-wife tripped down some stairs like a clumsy bitch and fucking killed herself. I'm going to make precautions to make sure my house doesn't happen, that doesn't happen in my house again, because that's fucking traumatizing. And just some people are like, yeah, you know, my, my son murders and, you know, puts stuff in the basement. Oh, yeah. well. Or, you know, my ex-wife died on a flight of stairs. I'm just going to look at this three-story building for my next house. You know, it's like it's so, some people are just so out there mentally. It just doesn't connect, I guess. And that's kind of a, one of the uh, things that I like covering, you know, uh, true crime docs or serial killer docs and things like that is, uh, learning, how, because, is learning how everybody was raised yeah because everybody everybody is a product of their upbringing mm-hmm. so it's just almost like uh everybody has their is their own little soup of you know fucked up experiences within you know serial killers and you know people involved with all these you can any of these doc series that we've been covering here today they're all um you know something happened in their youth at a very developmental age that you know caused them to do what they did later on in life you trying to warn us something cap I mean, <laughs> well, no, I just play. I just watch Godzilla movies and play Nintendo. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's like with Chris. He actually had like some firsthand experience on this stuff. Have you known anyone ten, like kind of connected or family that may have kind of fucked up? Um, 
I'd have to uh, ask uh, my dad about uh, one yeah. relative, uh, one distant relative uh, oh, yeah. we have that uh, that killed somebody. Ooh, hmm. and so I guess we do need to watch out for this guy. In the hills, <laughs> distant, distant. distant. Nut, I know, I know, nut, I know. That nut bush, uh, I you know. Just imagine a zoom in shot. Oh, Cap's house. You know, it's it's a nice house, and then you zoom back out, and then it's like your distant relative who lives on the outskirts of Memphis in a trailer. Yeah, in a yeah. Trailer, <laughs> but it's like it's like a weird color, like an old like fifty footer, and then you then you get real close in here. <laughs> and I would see her like semi-regularly when I was a little kid too so when I found out about it it def- definitely uh, changed you know all kinds of perspectives mm-hmm. my dad's uncle may have been a killer well I was gonna say <laughs> so, but I didn't question that now, now it's turned into a whole other podcast <laughs> well, well I think it'd still be kind of interesting you know well this podcast does kill so let's, let's yeah let's, exactly yes. <laughs> well so I, I'm not going to, since it's not his story, I won't say a name, but there was a friend of mine on Facebook. He may have been friends on y'all's too, but he actually grew up with the guy and knew the guy that did like the recent uh, truck bombing or something near DC oh, like a month or so yeah. ago. So like, uh, so in a weird way, like we kind of knew someone that knew all that, but I, I'm not going to say the relative, but again, kind of like what Cap said, a distant relative on... I think my mother, yeah, my mother's side. Um, I don't think she was ever convicted. I don't think there was ever any like full thing that happened, but it's basically agreed that she killed her husband by poisoning him. Yeah. Basically because he said, kill me. And she like so many years, like they bad marriage kind of shit. And he was like, why don't you just fucking kill me? And she's like, one day I might, one day I might. And he was like, well, and finally it was just like, well, fucking quit wasting your time and just do it already. That kind yeah. of bullshit. And then apparently one day when he was having his coffee, he just slowly started leaning forward and he was out. That's a similar thing with uh, my distant cousin. Mm-hmm. It's like my dad told me what happened. And as after uh, the information was presented, we never talked about it again. Never thought about this person again. Yep. And that, that's kind of we we would every every so often we'll bring that person up as like a have we heard from so and so kind of thing. We, we never had that. <laughs> well, we, every about maybe once every other year, mom and I will have the have you have you heard from so and so? No, I, I haven't either. Well, now I cur- wonder what's going on. I'm genuinely curious about that distant cousin. I, was like, I know, right? Whatever happened to her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is she it, dead? Is she in jail? It's the next episode on Vice, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> in Nutbush, Tennessee. <laughs> Chris doesn't need a fucking, you know, those uh, soundboards. Like, you know, yeah, there's a soundboard yep. radio station sound for the fucking. Oh, all you need is the fucking. Dong. Dong. Oh, that one's got a that one had a note to it. <laughs> Always get better at his instrument. <laughs> Dude, there's literally all right, so I showed a friend of mine last night. It was an instrument made for horror movies. Yeah, yeah. And it's this giant metal uh, triangle that's welded both sides. Yes, I've seen those. And it's got springs and it's got a metal wire on the guide and it and it makes the noises you hear in horror movies. Yeah. And it's a giant horror movie instrument. And he's got these little these little drumsticks with a padding wrapped around the tips and he just glides it along the yep. motherfucker and it's like hell yeah man that's badass. <laughs> and the thing is, is a uh, on that exact same note, I, those show up a lot on Instagram and YouTube as like little shorts, and you can like binge like a thousand of them in like mm-hmm. two minutes. And uh, there was one guy that kind of shows like you know, like for instance, when someone's walking through a room in a movie, they're not recording the sound of actual yeah, feet. Yeah, they actually get stuff like blocks of wood and oh, yeah. like clack them together, and it's like it sounds it look you when you visualize it and see it, and you're like, oh my god, no, that wouldn't work. But then as soon as it's put over your video, you're like, oh, 
oh wow that actually really does give the effect of walking one of one of the ones people always mistake is like a um a fiddle or a uh violin doing like a like like in psycho Mm -hmm. one of them or a way to get it done is you know those gongs that are about maybe i'd say five six foot in diameter maybe yeah get a uh, bow that you would use for a violin and run it across the top of yeah. it and it gives that oh that's cool really yeah. big sound like that so no I love finding shit like that it's so cool next record's gonna be just Halloween music <laughs> dude I can fucking do it <laughs> um, you know I know we've kind of stuck to Netflix documentaries uh, what is the wildest one you've seen like crime wise hmm because uh, they've got a bunch Man, that that is a tough one. I think the wildest one I've seen. I know we kind of like uh, it was mentioned before, and it's a very uh, it's an odd case. But the Iceman tapes are very wild yeah, because HBO. on HBO because they talk the third part in particular because they talk to Richard Klinsky, mm-hmm. you know, a psychiatrist does the kind of he kind of picks his brain and tries to figure out what makes him tick. And then he has a oh yeah, he's got that little click thing where yeah, he where he's about to kill where he yeah, he, he says it out loud. Where he's it's like, like, you know, I made this noise right before I made like I got really angry and killed someone. And like, if you listen to the documentary over, like going back and watching, he's talking to him. So what made you want to uh, be that brutal? He kind of makes it out to an animal for a second. And he goes, uh, and it's like, oh, oh shit. And he even says out loud, it's like, if it weren't for these guards, I'd fucking kill you right now. Yeah. Just point blank. And uh, apparently the psychiatrist um, diagnosed him with, uh, I'm not going to pronounce the name because I'll get it wrong, but it's uh, it's, just, it's like a, uh, it's a diagnosis that's the same. It's a condition that pilots have and, uh, Stunt men have just they're not that, afraid of they're not they don't have fear. Yeah, exactly. That, that kind of like He's that, void of fear. Yeah, some kind of like personality disorder that keeps you from like you know being scared of you yeah. know very uh, you know human flying, things, of human yeah. things like a pipe of or hurting yourself. And uh, he had that with you know killing people. Yeah, yeah he, damn. He, he didn't have phobias. No, no phobias like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that was what I watched on Netflix. I just. I had to click on it. It said, "Don't fuck with cats." <gasps> yes, I've seen. Oh, I've seen bits of that. No. And they're like they're doing these like like internet sleuths and like Facebook guys and all this. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, this dude. Okay, granted, animal cruelty is right there with rape for me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you need to be buried under the fucking prison. But I watched it. and I'm just like. Why are you watching these things? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so over the top. I know, I know animals get treated poorly. I know there are puppy meals. I know cows get it bad. Okay, I'm still eating beef, and <laughs> I would really like a nice Labrador. Okay, <laughs> uh, but stop watching those goddamn videos. <laughs> uh, See, the only, the only reason, reason they get popular is because you you click them. Yeah, but that's all I say. She keeps. You know, bring it attention so more people are going to keep clicking this goddamn video. And then it like evolves into, oh, he was actually building up to killing someone. And he does. He eventually kills someone. Okay. But that first part, that you didn't think that fueled him a little bit? Of you being like, him looking down and being like, oh, shit, she keeps watching this video. Click, 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 click. You can, down, you can downvote someone all they want, but you're still going to get the watches. Yeah. All right? I could give a fuck if I post a video and get a million goddamn dislikes. You're still watching it's the It's still a million views. Oh, yeah, you're still watching the son of a bitch. That's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it, and I could just imagine, like, 
the investigative quality of this. And they do. They go above and beyond on investigating who this motherfucker is, pinpointing where he is. And they do such a good job. But I'm still thinking, like, you don't think you facilitated him in any way when you started this? With just keep clicking and clicking his goddamn cat murdering videos? <laughs> no, I fully agree. And man, probably one of the more, I wouldn't say brutal, mm-hmm. but always captivating documentary is, um, I had it right before I started saying this, the one with the, um, uh, you, uh, it's the compound that got all fucked up because they had all the guns and they refused to leave. Waco. And, yes, that that's not really I, like seriously. All any Waco documentary winds up being extremely captivating. There, there's two ways to look at it too. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's so, the great thing about that story. Yeah. So both sides are terrible. Yep. All right, let's get that out of the way. The ATF. In that time period. Which I don't understand why they haven't changed the anagram because now it's the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Why not change it to the Department of Fate? (laughs) Why did you not just change the fucking name? Because ATF and E is stupid. Fate. That's a badass name. Because if some dudes rolled up to your house with MP5s and a stack team that said fate on the background, <laughs> you're going to stop doing illegal shit. America. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to so, make that a t-shirt now. Yeah. Fate. <laughs> fate is what you make. <laughs> John Connor, director of the fucking oh my God. <laughs> firearms, alcohol, tobacco, and explosives department. Um, but the two sides to look at it was there was a guy... In Waco, Texas, who is a runoff of the Seventh-day Adventist church who created a cult who at some point decided to rape women and fuck with kids. Yeah. Now, ATF gets involved because now that church is buying Beretta 50 cows and pine cone grenades. You know what I'm saying? And this is is right after like and they're talking like they are in right after Ruby Ridge, which is another stupid fucking story. I hadn't yeah. watched that one yet. I don't um, think. Actually, it, maybe maybe I did. It is. It is. There are so many corners of that story that don't get touched in these fucking documentaries because it's either one he's a crazy redneck, or the other side is oh no he's a he he just wanted to live out in the woods with his family and I they know were it. executed by the government. You know no. Neither story is right. So, <laughs> right. But it's the same with Waco. Neither story is black and white. Mm. All right. Under the law, he does have religious freedom. If he wants to buy guns in Texas, he's with his inner rights to do so. Grenades, not so much. The Brady Bill hasn't passed yet because it's still the fucking 80s. And so, yeah, and at that time, they're within their rights to buy guns. When the 90s hit, the Brady Bill happens. Automatic rifles, you need a federal firearms permit. Grenades, you shouldn't be allowed to own grenades. Um, <laughs> There's no practical application unless you're hunting gophers. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Paul. Yeah. And Dale Gribble. Yeah. But, like, you know what I'm saying? There's no practical use. Like, oh, man, I'm going to catch this deer. Boom! And he's just like, I got his leg. Yeah. <laughs> got that son of a bitch. <laughs> or if you're a games fisherman, you know, that's when dynamite would help. <laughs> uh, yeah. Got him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but they, it's a compel- they, there was criminal activity going on. Now, 
in the 90s, white supremacy, just like now, is a very troubling aspect of society. But they were more blatant in the 90s. The mm. internet wasn't as big. When they started, they started on the internet. You know, with some of their advertising, they were hitting some some people. They were communicating now. They killed a radio host in Texas, in Dallas. I remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, they had the, campground, uh, the uh, encampments near Ruby Ridge, which escalated that situation. But Waco was seen as the first QAnon in my business, in my opinion, uh, of the government killing Christians. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, the war on Christians. I remember that when the federal holiday is on Christmas and Easter. Yeah, that's how you stop them. You stop them by giving them holidays <laughs> forever. <laughs> So, but anyway, this fake conspiracy of the war on Christians was Waco. Yeah. Okay. Even though Uh, David Koresh was a monster, David Koresh was a a monster in the highest form, Mm -hmm. a pastor, a preacher, (laughs) a someone you're supposed to be able to trust, just like Jim Jones or. That weird dude in Houston on the television. He was, and he, was <laughs> and he was groovy too because he played the guitar and had a band too. Yeah. So they all cultists just know how to play the guitar, right? <laughs> <laughs> none of them, none of them play the drums. They <laughs> get a guy outside for that. <laughs> well, it's because all drummers are fucking nutso in the head yeah. anyway. We can't yeah. deal with them. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Big D on the goddamn drums while I'm trying to worship the Jesus. <laughs> but anyway. So ATF gets involved because a rumor of guns and grenades and stuff like that. Because a, po- a, a, a postal worker showed up with a box of grenades and it fell out of his goddamn hands and broke open. And, hey, look, a bunch of grenades fell out. Yeah. At a church, and he's just like, "Okay, groovy, I'm out." And then he told the fucking police because that's what you're supposed to do. All yep. right. If I showed up to this house and your neighbor had a box and he just drops it and a bunch of pine cone grenades came out, I'm just like, all right, hey guys, let's go do the podcast. Call the goddamn cops. Call the fucking <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. But the whole but even Waco from a distance is a clusterfuck. Yes. And it's all because a news crew went out. A news crew goes mm-hmm. out, they get God lost. Goddamn media. Yeah, they get lost on the way there. And they pass a truck. Hey, we're so-and-so channel, blah, blah, blah. And we're here to film the raid on a compound out here. Which way is it? What compound? Uh, David Koresh's compound. He's like, oh, it's that way. Those two guys were on the fucking compound before they arrived. They were church members. So now a heavily armed group has information of a federal agency coming to arrest david koresh their ma- guns. not just their preacher their fucking messiah yeah and so now a jesus complex a gandhi complex jumps in where oh no i can't let you take him you'll kill him which works out exactly what happens in uh wild wild country they arrest osho and what they do is they deliberate stop at every airport they can to whittle this motherfucker's spirit down just before they bring him back. And he almost dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ATF are in the wrong, too, because they had no tact. No. All right. they're, 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 they had no no understanding of the situation going in. It was, oh, no, we're going in guns and blazing because a situation before David Koresh happened, before Ruby Ridge, was white nationalists uh, decided to arm themselves in a cabin in the fucking woods outside California 
and fill it full of fucking gunpowder and bullets and shit like that. And some dude sh- shot a phosphorus round in the son of a bitch and it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fuck them. It exploded. So they didn't want to just start pumping round after round into the Seventh Day Adventist Church. So at first, they tried knocking on the door. No go. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where it gets fucked up on both sides. A fire starts. We don't know how the fire started. I assume it's the ATF. But there is also he recordings. Didn't start the fire. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> 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 He's just like, God damn it. <laughs> it fits though. Yes. I got the blood. But they try. They try um, noise torture. They start blasting fucking yeah. metal music. All this stuff. <laughs> uh, David Crush has a demand. You play my video on the news, and I'll let these people go. And that's when it. That's when he said that. Mm-hmm. Will come out. That is a lie. He was never going to come out. And then the media fucked it up too because they only played half his fucking tape. He's got a fucking television. All right, you don't think he's going to see that shit? There's also audio recordings of two guys pouring gas on the whole fucking place who are church members. Ready they released all up. the kids. All the kids that weren't his kids were set free. The only kids that died in the fire were his kids because he refused to let them go because he was a psychopath. And the ATF were fucking idiots for thinking it was okay to light the motherfucker on fire. Okay? But we got got Will Ferrell's Janet Reno for those years. (laughs) Uh, But the 90s were a turbulent time for cults. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was the... It was before the internet age, which now cults are fucking kicking ass nowadays. Mm-hmm. You can find a cult on any fucking Reddit page you want to. See, Nexium, that's just a, the most recent, probably like, I'm huge not going to say where I work, but I'm pretty sure it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> there are some cultish activities going on in my work. You could argue Walmart is a cult. Praise be. Praise be, Sam Walmart. <laughs> $1 bread. Praise well, be. can we think of uh, any other little true crime dogs that have stuck uh, out with us? The Keepers is pretty fucking metal. Yeah. It's about Catholics. It makes you hate Catholics more. There's a two-part series. Uh, not a series. It's two separate docs on Eileen Warnos uh, that I watched on Netflix made by the same filmmaker. I forget his name. But it's weird because it's more exploitive, exploitative, really, of, of Eileen Warnos. Than yeah. educative. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes fun of her. Basically, yeah, it just kind of like look at like look at the freak show that is Eileen Warnos and Florida. Now you got some really good ones like the disappearance of Madeline McCann, which is a big story. Uh, you got the Scott Peterson one, uh, the Aaron Hernandez one. Dude, the Aaron Hernandez one was wild. Yeah, uh, he was a, a football player for the Patriots. Mm. Uh, the Keepers is good. Evil Genius is fucking hilarious for some goddamn reason. Evil Genius, that's the one with the the late the, the lady that made like, the the bomb collar. Yeah, yeah. thirty minutes or less is based on that. Oh, okay. Maybe 30 it. minutes or less yeah, based yeah. on that. But it was more serious back then. Uh, Murder Amongst Mormons is a batshit crazy one because, you know, Mormons. <laughs> I they're, like, the, they're like cartoon people. They're not real. Ugh, I watched the whole uh, Surviving R. Kelly series that was yeah. on uh, A&E, too. Yeah. That might as well be true crime. Yeah. It is a crime. I, I put, yeah, that is true crime. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but there is one I will mention, like, just for the last one that kind of bothered me was uh, The Evil Next Door. I think I saw previews for that. I have not watched it yet. Uh, Evil Next Door was a documentary about a Nazi, a presumed Nazi living mm-hmm, in Wisconsin mm-hmm. of all places. Yeah, Fucking you know. Wisconsin, because you, that man. is where the vanguard live. Uh, the immigrants of Northern Europe live: <laughs> Wisconsin, Michigan, UP, Minnesota. That's why they're called the fucking Vikings for a reason. Uh, <laughs> but it gave me pause. 
for a moment watching it about the Nazis. Uh, all right, so we do know Nazis survived and moved to Argentina. Yeah. The United States lived out long lives after being, and I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Nazi soldiers. I'm not talking about Nazi field generals. You know, guys who fought Americans and Russians on the field. No, scientists and shit too. I'm talking about Nazis in the black uniform mm-hmm. with the Death's Head Division. Yeah, commandants, guards murderers in the highest regard. See, Operation Paperclip was mostly on scientists, right? Yeah, but these guys, these guys were the ones that kicked motherfuckers while they were down, put bullets in their fucking heads in front of their family, gassed, murdered, butchered people. This is where we get terms like the bitch of Belson. Right. You know, the fifth horseman of Ravenclaw, you know, these are real things. Like I'm th- the people like think real this life is, fucking villains. Like these are not fantasy characters. These people made lampshades out of motherfuckers because they could. Yep. And this was a guard who supposedly was at one death camp and moved to another. He moved to the United States and essentially Israel found him and said he was a guard at a death camp and was, a notorious guard of sorts. That survivor said, yeah, him. Him. When I was there, I saw that motherfucker. Mm, that notorious. Yeah. Yes. And the problem is they were mistaken. This man is a German, ma- uh, a Polish German man. He lived through World War II in those areas. Yeah. But the extent of mistaken identity is so gut-wrenching that you have frail, old Holocaust survivors swearing on God himself, saying that man was one of them. Wow. What's the name of this one? Uh, Evil Next Door. Evil Next Door. I think that's on like Hulu or Netflix, Netflix. isn't it? Yeah, and okay. the brutalness of it, of them explaining to these survivors, well, no, he can't be there because he was here. Mm-hmm. There's documentation of him being here. Yeah. Now, he was, you find out he was a guard of sorts, but as a soldier, mm-hmm. not a death's head division. Right. Uh, which is very indicative of the Nazis was, mm-hmm. oh, no, we didn't know this was going on. And probably so. A field soldier in fucking Normandy is not going to know about death camps in fucking Poland. This is before the age of immediate news. Yeah, yeah so, but not even that. And so, especially so. if it's a dictatorship being now, ran, only people are going to be getting specific information as they see fit. Yeah, but, but I'm, and I'm not vindicating the fucking Nazis, it's, but I am saying not all Nazis were German-born motherfuckers who deserve to be beat to death. Some of them were Czechs, Austrians, Hungarians. Italians, okay? Yeah. Uh, so, the the idea of being snatched up after immigrating to a country after a terrible thing like World War II or any war and being accused of being the enemy mm-hmm. was frightening. And the way that America just gives carte blanche to Israel for doing this, going into the United States, snatching up a U.S. citizen and saying he's a Nazi, we're going to kill him, is very fucked up in a way in drawing peace between two countries. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we snatch up people all the time. 
The United States does it all the time. Right. And we're really good at it. <laughs> but these motherfuckers were rolling up in a van in the middle of the fucking afternoon and snatching a motherfucker up. Yeah. And mistakenly killing people while they did this because this, this, these kind of things happen. They killed the wrong person a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But it's that good intention. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. okay, yes, the Holocaust is real. It is bad. But do we give them carte blanche to go between borders to hunt down Nazis? Okay. It's not like I can It does go, sound like a compelling documentary. It is. And it's very fucked up. Like, we don't allow countries or anywhere outside the United States countries to send authorities into the United States without a certain provision or help with, like, the FBI. Yeah. You know? So... That's what keeps us. That's what keeps our free speech going. Mm-hmm. I could say China could suck my dick. That Winnie the Pooh <laughs> cocksucker could suck my Winnie dick, and not and not have some gold star, red flag waving Chinaman come through my goddamn door. I don't know, man. We're our, we've got not a yet. pretty big China base. You you better watch what you say there, man. We probably fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it keeps that from happening. It keeps bootstrap thugs from busting down your goddamn door. I don't know. Ask shit. John Cena about that. John Cena is a coward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see him. He can be invisible to me. <laughs> he can be invisible. Well, on that note, I think this has been a damn scary episode Woo! talking about real life horrors. When uh-huh. y'all been talking about your fantasy land bullshit, it's fucking October, guys. I mean, we can't be talking about fantasy. We got to be talking about the real bullshit up in here. So it was nice to finally be able to do that. We're going to be keeping the spookiness going all this month right here on the fucking Patreon. All night long. That's <laughs> right, baby. So for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex. This has been Cap. And Chris, do you have any sort of morbid final thoughts for us? If you murder someone and I know you, we better be good friends. <laughs> because I will be the first on the Vice documentary saying that motherfucker... <laughs> was a piece of shit. He said Fred Rogers was a Nazi. He deserves to fry. <laughs> Fuck him. He said LeVar Burton couldn't host Jeopardy. Fuck him. <laughs>